Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first ever Playwright Picnic, the picnic where we get to learn a little bit more about the playwright of our most upcoming show here at Picnic Basket Theater. I'm your host, John Patterson, and I serve as the marketing and communications director for PBT. And today I am here with the absolutely amazing, gorgeous, talented Sabrina Deal. Sabrina is the playwright of our first production here at PBT titled Somewhere Over the Pacific. Somewhere Over the Pacific centers around the private life and disappearance of Amelia Earhart on July 2nd, 1937. Not only did she forever lose signal with the planet Earth, but she also was mysteriously zapped into her deepest sapphic dream, a planet called Dykenland. This play is written and performed by Sabrina Deal and directed by our very own Emma Lai. Not only are there first ever playwright, they are also our first ever actor on our Soundwave stage here at PBT as they will be playing all of the characters in the shows as well. So, with that being said, today I am here with the very Sabrine Deal themselves. So how are you doing today? Go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell Hello, us what's up. Hello, I'm Sabrine Deal. My um, right index toe hurts. I don't know why, but other than that, <laughs> I'm feeling great. Lovely. Absolutely. <laughs> so how excited are you about the release? Is this like your first show? Have you ever written? Like, when did you write this? Like, when is the vibe? Yeah, I wrote this uh, senior year of high school. Um, I went to a pretty demanding arts high school, New World School of the Arts in Miami, Florida. And um, for our senior year, we had to all do a one-person show. And... I, I don't know. I, I, I've always felt a connection with Amelia Earhart. And then I, I was, I mean, I've, ever since I was 14, I was like, I'm a lesbian. Um, so I just wanted to make something very, very gay. Um, and uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> So, being that you wrote in high school, is there anything that now you're th you're maybe seeing in a different lens, or how do you think that this play has like changed since mm -hmm. you originally wrote it? Yeah, I mean it's really sweet because I think like my desire to you know create um, work that I felt like represented my reality is still very present, sadly. Um, so. Not much, not much has changed since being in high school, which was like, I don't know, like six years ago now. Um, and uh, yeah, but, 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 but all of this being said, like just looking back at, at the play, cause, cause I was just talking, I was just like on a walk with Emma and I was like, oh, I wrote this play in high school about like Amelia Earhart and like she gets like abducted by lesbian aliens and taken to this lesbian planet. Like, <laughs> and then Emma was like, that's really good. And I was like, really? Like, cause I, I just, I always felt like it was like really stupid. And like, I was like, oh, it's, it's just like my 14, like, well not 14, but like my 18 year old self, like just wanting, just wanting this like lesbian world. But it's like, I guess, I guess, like, it felt, it, I was putting myself down because it felt like an adolescent idea, but, mm. like, it's not. It's, like, very much something still present. It's something that, like, I think, you know, my elder dyke mentors want as well. Um, but the way it's changed is looking back throughout this, like, in the script when I was editing it now, this time around, um, so much of the characters were, like, basically just there was like this energy that they were all trying to like prove their gayness to everyone. Mm. And like, it was so much of it was around the idea of like coming out. And 
now, like where I am now in my life, now that I have queer community, like there's so much more, you know, shit that comes up. Like once you like start being in relationships and like you start being an adult in the world, like it's like, you know, like fucking mommy issues was like a really serious thing that came up for me or like BDSM and like how that could actually be like a really healing thing, mm-hmm. like in a lot of queer circles. Um, but you don't really get into that until you're like, older and you've gone to like therapy for a couple of years and you're like you know having sex um so yeah so in that I think it just became a lot I guess more mature whatever yeah <laughs> mm, mm, very much so I really like how I feel like oftentimes when we ever talk about LGBT things it's always this super deep like heavy moment where like someone needs to die or like someone has to like go through this super long heartbreak because like no one else is around them is gay or ever can be gay it's just like a very isolating thing so i really do appreciate the fact that like it's this whole world of just a bunch of (laughs) women living their best life women and humans living their best life in this just wonderful sapphic dream and it's (laughs) yeah yeah i mean like you know i mean even just last night like um just like I'll just give you like with this person that I'm seeing now it's like we were looking at like movie clips and Mm. I like showed her this like movie clip of Carol like the scene where they're like at the dinner table and whatever and like oh it's like the trauma and the drama that comes with like being in the 50s and being in the closet Mm. and like so much of the media we consume is that and then we ended up watching like the Kate McKinnon like comedic version of it which was like at the end like Kate McKinnon who's playing Carol is like I'm gonna go because I just don't think you're like there yet and like this idea that like we don't not all of us are like tormented like over like these closeted women like we're a a lot of I mean like God knows I have been (laughs) like we've all been there but it's like at the end of the day like I'm still gay and it's like Mm. at the end of the day it's like I have to choose my life and like keep going and like find my community and like find ways where I can like consistently you know in a healthy way like be having sex in a world where like there's always a man in the room that wants to fuck me you know like it's like I'm sexualized every day in the world Mm. you know so finding I don't know like just this idea of like a lesbian like just dykes who are like in the world and proud and healthy and fucking and loving. And now I'm going to go into like the L word intro music. (laughs) Like just like that idea is like just so radical and like powerful. And I've always felt that in my little lesbian heart, but like now more than ever, like just the older I get, the more um, validating it becomes, the more community I find. Mm -hmm. I love this journey of like finding your community. And I think that that's definitely something that we see Amelia doing within the show too. And I think that, Something I thought was really cool was taking this idea of a journey through finding, you know, their position and in, in, in their lesbianism and, like, connecting it to the Wizard of Oz. Like, I just thought that was super cool for me. And I know that, um, like, when I was thinking about it, I, was like, I feel like the, one of the first shows I ever think about that, like, has to do with, like, journeys or, like, moving or something like that is the Wizard of Oz. It's, like, the whole point is to keep going and to keep you know, finding people along the way that are there to support you or, like, you're reaching a common goal. So I thought that was really interesting. And you got some real interesting names in there. I can't drop no spoilers yet. But uh, I think that people are really going to enjoy 
that sort of connection there. How did you, is that something that you were also thinking when you originally wrote it? Like, that, like how did you end up connecting The Wizard of Oz to this? I mean, honestly, I connected The Wizard of Oz because my teacher in high school, I like really, I didn't even know how to write anything. And my teacher in high school was like, you know, if you choose a story that has a good structure and you just kind of do a parody off of it, that's like a really easy way to get into something. So that's why I chose it originally. But like now that I'm like looking back, now that a couple of years have gone by and I'm like editing it, like The Wizard of Oz came out of the Great Depression. Like it was created like to give people hope. Mm -hmm. And um, Judy Garland, you know, Julie, Judy Garland is such an image for like the gay community mm. um, and yes, there's, I mean, it was such a different time, but there are so many rumors that she was such an ally to the community. Um, and so there's always been this very queer energy to the Wizard of Oz and mm. the fact that the Wizard of Oz, so much has been made out of the Wizard of Oz, like the whiz, like, cause it just really came out of the Great Depression, like I said, like really was there to give people hope. And I just feel like right now, you know, like, it's like we have Jeff Bezos going Tragically. to space, you know, and it's like, meanwhile, like we're all here. It's like, and it's not only about like lesbians. I'm just, I'm using that because that's my own reality mm -hmm. and my own experience, but it's like all communities, like indigenous, black, you know, Latinx, you know, whatever. Like, it's like everyone's on this earth freaking suffering. And we have like this white man, like going to outer space and it's like, very much dealing with feelings of doom, like, of this planet. And so, like, having, I, I very much, I don't know if we're coming out of a Great Depression or if we're going into one, but, like, mm -hmm. I very much feel like everything is dead right now, like, in this planet. And so the Wizard of Oz just being this, like, channel of hope, it is this play because I, like, I need to believe there's, like, a lesbian planet out there. You know, I need mm. to believe that like that that these rich white men won't like go to outer space and that we're all gonna like stay here and burn. Like that can't like that that's the it's like I don't know, it's like things feel so in doom that like the only way I can have hope is like by creating this ridiculous lesbian planet called Dykenland. Mm. <laughs> and like that's why, you know, imagination and theater is so radical is because like it can start revolutions because it, it shows hope when we all think there isn't any, like there is, like we have, we have to find a way to keep going, even though like the world's ending. Mm. Mm. Definitely. I think that, I mean, quite frankly, I would love a love, uh, just a plan without, White men, men in general, I don't have to be there either. <laughs> That's something that would be so pivotal for people. I think that just life would just be better for folks that it needs to be better for. I definitely, definitely agree with that too. And speaking of a little bit like of, of the queer verse, as you the queer universe, as you mm -hmm. were talking about, um, you do mention the queer universe in in the, in the show itself. Do you think there's going to be maybe? There was a mention of maybe being like a, a total of four planets in there. Is there any sort of like, like like some sequels, a series going on, anything like that we're thinking of? Yeah. Is that some shade, some tea? What was that? Sure, tell <laughs> tell Lily Tomlin to give me a call. I got you. Um, you know, right in my Rolodex, like. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm totally. I would love to. Um, 
dive into the possibilities that this could I mean there's just so much I didn't get into um in 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 the play that I wish that I I do want it to be like fleshed out more and I mean I mean there are like non-binary and trans characters in this show but like didn't get into that enough you know didn't get into like what what does like what what does it mean to be like anti-colonialist like when we're talking about like going to this like lesbian planet you know so then I was like okay this lesbian planet was like created like for these people mm -hmm. it's like it's it's a place to go and like like save because it's like earth is like dying you know so it's like there's so much in there and then like I don't know like is race a thing in this other planet like mm. there's so much so yeah there's a there's it's there's a lot there's a lot that needs to be explored um yeah and it's also just going back to what you were saying like I think I think a lot about like I don't know it's like there it there white people are a thing like men are a thing like we have to like <laughs> we have to coexist I mean I don't know how much longer I'll coexist maybe I will like go off the grid and like run away but like <laughs> we do have to coexist and like I think I think it's about like the system of whiteness and like the system of like patriarchy and like beating the systems, you know, it's like we, we're all like colonized in our minds and mm -hmm. it's like, like whoever we are and it's like, we have to like deconstruct that, you know, whether, and I think like that's where the healing comes in. Um, so, I mean, yeah, so, and I like, I don't know. And I, and also like Fred Noonan, like the character Fred Noonan, mm -hmm. like in the original version of this, like <laughs> he actually just got like, like um, there was just like this like little laser gun and I just like, Clitna the good oh shit I'm not supposed to say this but like <laughs> he he actually was supposed to be like melting because like he was gonna get like shot with a little water gun like with vaginal fluids just like melting him but then I was like wait like there has to be like there has to be like a way I don't know like there has to be like an evolution mm. of things because I think like that is healing you know mm -hmm. so so then I'm like oh actually you're like trans and like yeah no. yeah I mean, I <laughs> I have to say, I, I, would, I would love to see some vaginal fluid water <laughs> moment. I think that would be absolutely wild and, and just perfect. And I think, I think that's a perfect way to, to close up our interview. <laughs> yeah, great. <laughs> all right. Well, again, thank you all so much for listening. Y'all are able to listen to Somewhere Over the Pacific on our Spotify and our Apple podcast and everything else that we'll have for you all at Picnic Basket Theater. Uh, make sure you stay up to date with all of our upcoming shows and events by following us on Instagram at Picnic Basket Theater. We're going to be able to see the second part of our interview with Sabrine, um, where they'll get 45 seconds to answer each of our fun questions we have for them while also trying to catch some grapes in our mouth. So, you know, it's a fun little time. And it's still a picnic. Y'all already know. <laughs> Make sure as well that you check out our website at picnicbasketheater.com. You're going to be able to sign up for our charcuterie board, which is our monthly newsletter there. And with that, once again, y'all, my name is John Patterson, and I'm joined by the lovely Sabrine DL, the playwright and performer of Somewhere Over the Pacific. Thank you for joining us on our Playwright Picnic. We hope to see you or hear from you next time. <laughs> Goodbye.